What is up? This is Evan Lovett, and thanks for tuning in to my podcast, In a Minute with Evan Lovett, an Odyssey original brought to you by yours truly, your host, Evan Lovett, where you may know me from my social media page, LA In a Minute. I'd love to invite you along for a personal and intimate ride as I share interesting facts about all sorts of things you didn't know that you needed to know. Be entertained and informed as I bring you into my mind to see the world through my lens. There's history everywhere, as long as you know where to look. Let's get into it. Yo, episode number 35, and we are right here in the absolute heart of Los Angeles, the I Am Studios. And yo, check it. I've been having a fantastic time recently. I want to thank everybody, not just for listening, but for the feedback, the comments, the DMs. Makes me smile a huge cheeseball smile to know that so many people connect with this city and that we can explore it together every week right here in this intimate setting. And this week we do get intimate because we're talking about health, physical well-being, mental health, and not in the preachy or philosophical sense. That's not my lane but with concrete, cold, hard facts and history. Meaning, specifically, I want to know, is LA a healthy city? Because LA was the original healthy city. The first major population boom from migration in LA happened because of what was called the health rush. I'm serious. This was right after the gold rush in Northern California, Because Los Angeles was recognized as a haven for the sick and the infirm with its plump oranges, vibrant sunshine, and perfect climate. And now today in 2023, we have oranges, we have sunshine, we have the climate, and we're the fitness capital of America. And we definitely have some beautiful and healthy looking people, but stress is a mother. And with some of the things we talk about right here on In a Minute with Evan Lovett, crime, housing, taxes, raising kids, smog, that stuff isn't really healthy. So I wanted to see, I wanted to dig up actual data, facts, stats. I came up with some stuff that's pretty eye-opening. But most importantly, I want to know what you think. Are you healthy? I'd like to think I am, but there are some, well data points that would probably say otherwise. So let's dive in and see if we could really find out. Is LA a healthy city? All right, y'all, let's get into it. We start with something that happened in LA this week and frankly, inspired this episode. Los Angeles was number seven on the list of healthiest cities in America in the latest wellness index. And simultaneously, KTLA, that's Channel 5, just had a study that showed LA is sixth in the world on the list of most stressed out cities. So how is this possible? This is a direct conflict. I mean, stress is a huge component of wellness, but can both things be true? And obviously these are studies, these are polls, and I'm going to jump into the methodology of both. But first I want to talk about my overall health here in Los Angeles, okay? I try to work out pretty frequently. I'm, you may know my parents both passed away fairly young and 
on my dad's side, there's always been health issues. So honestly, since I can remember, I've been pretty adamant about it. Not always perfect, but I exercise five days a week. I try to eat properly. My wife cooks awesome meals. I cook well, um, but we, I may eat a little bit too much at times. And I definitely drink a little bit and smoke a little bit. So I feel healthy. I'd like to consider myself healthy, but I'm also perpetually stressed out. How much of that has to do with LA? <sighs> a lot. You know I love this city, but there are th- I'm cost of living every day comes up. I mean, my freaking DWP bill was 1200 bucks this week. I, I mean, it's a two-month bill, but I got it this week and like, man, mortgage, gas 7 bucks. I mean, physical, mental, emotional stress just day-to-day life in LA and I mean, like I said, I feel good. I feel healthy, but who knows the truth, right? So let's let's look at these studies. Let's see how the studies figured out their rankings, okay? The wellness index. These rankings come from MindBody, which is an organization funded by Wells Fargo, right? Now say what you will about Wells Fargo, the bank. This is an organization that's been around 160 plus years, and it is their business to figure out whether or not their customers are well and and how wellness is. LA has recently been ranked as high as number two in this wellness index. And like I said, this year, they're number seven. And I have to admit, I'm a little surprised that we're in the top 10 because of the second study, which we're going to get into. But first, the wellness index, that methodology is based on a variety of factors. Frequency and duration of exercise, amount of rest, smoking, drinking alcohol, personal relationships with friends and family, fulfillment, and the list also includes stress. Hmm. So we rank number seven in wellness, even though stress is a component. Now let's, let's look at the methodology of this second study. This stress index was promoted by KTLA and it was run through 24-7 Wall Street. And those stress index factors included average hours worked, commute time, (laughs) hello, Los Angeles, job satisfaction, personal relationships again, and health. So the wellness index includes stress and the stress index includes health. Yet we ranked high on being healthy and high on being stressed out. So we're diving in, but you see what I'm getting at here. And again, Los Angeles. The sixth most stressed out city in the world. Right behind Hong Kong, Johannesburg, Cairo, Athens, and Istanbul. LA was even a spot ahead of New York, for goodness sake, as far as being most stressed out. So file this under, can't both of these things be true? Because I will run down a few stats and facts on each side. Let's let's look at fitness. Let, this is the easy one for LA. It's kind of kind of mind-boggling. It's not. It's it's surprising, but you'll see. There are more than 1200 gyms or fitness centers in Los Angeles. By far the most of any city in the United States. 1200. Compare that to the state of Wyoming, which has 81 gyms and fitness centers total. Okay? So we're at least on the surface, superficially, trying to stay fit, right? And that's, that's a component of healthiness. Well, 
do people actually use them? Yes. Los Angeles also has the highest percentage of residents, this is metro areas, that work out. 66% of people in Los Angeles work out or claim to work out at least one day a week. And we have the highest percentage of people that work out three times a week, 20 or more, 24%. So, okay, it sounds like we're, we're worried about getting fit. No surprise there besides that 1,200 gyms number. That's crazy. Now, what about smoking? I always wonder this because I remember as a kid, people used to smoke. My mom used to smoke cigarettes. Dad used to smoke cigars. And I never really see it in... I wouldn't say never because I have friends that smoke, but they tend to smoke alone and go seek out other smokers because LA seems to be pretty, you know, conscious of, hey, we're a non-smoking area. But look, 14% of people in Los Angeles County smoke, which is indeed the lowest smoking rate of any large urban county in the United States. Compare that to Scott County, Tennessee, which has 51% smokers. So, so far, so good. We're healthy. We're working out. We're not smoking. We're, we're doing great. LA is a healthy city. But here's where the wellness starts to turn a little bit. Let's talk about drinking. And you know me, I, I definitely talk about drinking. 54% of people in Los Angeles County aged 18 or older, the legal age is 21, mind you, as you know, but 18 or older, 54% report drinking alcohol at least once in the last 30 days. 18% report binge drinking once in the last 30 days and 5% report heavy drinking over the last 30 days. Now, for the record, I am on and off in the heavy drinking category, by the way, which is 15 drinks a week or two drinks a day. And 15 drinks a week sounds like a lot, but two a day, I mean, you know, at times there have been periods sustained where I'll go home, have a drink first thing. I mean... Two drinks doesn't even really get me tipsy, but I guess I relax. But either way, you know, I'm trying to drink less these days, but sometimes it's just fun. Um, but that said, listen, L.A. drinks less than the national average because the national average is 63% of people have drank alcohol at least once over the last month. So that sounds good. But L.A. is also the 10th lowest number of non-drinkers. Only 9% of people in Los Angeles just absolutely don't drink. And it's funny because I know AA and programs like that are pretty big out here, but looks like we're low on that range. So that's kind of in the middle. LA, I guess, is better than average. If you want to say non-drinking is healthy, then we're, we're better than average, but tend to binge drink a little bit, and we don't have a lot of full abstainers. But here it comes, folks. Let's talk about sleep. <laughs> Let's talk about sleep. This is a big stress factor. LA. And this is according to the Sleep Foundation, by the way. Los Angeles is the second worst sleep city in the United States. Corpus Christi was number one, by the way. Miami was three. Detroit was four. But this is one I struggle with. I usually lay down, try to lay down about 10. Play on the phone for a half hour, maybe return some DMs, stuff like that. Scroll, obviously. Then I try to read every night. And by the time I finally like get some shut eye, it's probably 1130. And I aim to wake up at six. So that would put me at six and a half hours a night. But honestly, my dogs and, you know, you heard the episode earlier about my dog who has a uh, sundown syndrome and he gets up a few times a night and I love him and I sit with him. And then my other dog gets up in peace. So I wake up like two to three times a night and it's not ideal, man. It's not ideal. 
because the lack of sleep, you feel it, not just when you wake up, but the big thing is it's associated with cardiovascular, immune, and nervous system disorders. So we need sleep. And why are people in LA not sleeping? We are the second worst sleep city in the US. It's not because we're partying all the time because then Vegas and New York would have been on top of the list. So what is it? We're going to talk about stress, tangible stress, and why LA is the sixth most stressed city in the world. Now, these numbers come from the American Psychological Association, right? And the poll was, again, KTLA, 24-7 Wall Street, but the methodology is pretty sound. These are reports. These are in, in science journals. And this one in particular constitutes the official Los Angeles report on stress in the APA's stress by city report. The percentage of people in Los Angeles reporting very significant stress at any time is 81%. Not just stress, very significant stress. That's, dude, four out of five people walking around. And like, I'm like, yeah, of course, I'm stressed. You're stressed. Everybody's stressed. But stop to think about that for a sec, man. Like, we're all stressed, but to put in the category of very significant on a day-to-day basis that you're carrying with you, that just undermines all that working out and gym time and those 1,200 fitness centers. But where does that stress come from? Let's dig deeper. 72% of people in LA say work, their job, their vocation is a source of very significant stress. That's three quarters of people say that their job is making them that stressed out here in LA. I want to compare that to national average for frame of reference. Nationally, it's 60%. So it's still pretty high. It's high. I mean, that tells you about the state of society and the, the prioritization we put on work and stuff. But man, you're talking significantly higher than the average. So what is that about our work in Los Angeles? Tell me if you're listening. I mean, we all have different jobs. I know there's a lot of people in the industry. We broke down jobs by industry in Los Angeles. I mean, what being a teacher, being a cop, all those things are stressful. And I mean, LA, it just amplifies that stress. I mean, okay. So what else is another factor? You probably guessed this one. (laughs) Oh man, you guessed this one. Money. 70% of people in LA say they are very significantly stressed out over money. (sighs) Yeah. That cost of living. I mean, again, I believe the average apartment is $2,700 a month. I mean, for a one bedroom, if I'm not mistaken, we did an episode on this. Forget trying to buy a house. You can't find a house for less than a million bucks. But gas, utilities, food, everything in Los Angeles costs money. It is expensive to live here. And that is a reason that 70% of people report very significant stress about money. Listen to this one. For all our gym and fitness, again, kind of kind of blows my mind. 61% of people in Los Angeles report very significant stress about their personal health. Is that why we're going to the gym so much? We're, we're obsessed with, with trying to be healthy. And what about people that can't go to the gym? I mean, man, I know people who work two, three jobs. that time for the gym. Give me a break, man. They're, they're running to get the bus. That's their workout. 
I mean, 61% of people are very significantly stressed about this. So now, now we're very stressed about work, money, and health. Whew. What, what's, what's left? What's left? And just for a frame of reference on that personal health one, 50% of people nationally are concerned about their very health. I mean, their um, personal health. So again, that's still a high number, but LA is way higher. And is that because we're more conscious of it? And in this society, in this, you know, the bubble we live in in LA, it's so important, blah, 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 social media. I don't know, but we are more stressed than basically anywhere in the country in those three categories. Now, listen to this. These are the follow-ups on this. 37% of people in LA say their stress has increased in the last year. So for all that significant stress, it's just getting higher for a third of the, more than a third of the people we're just getting more and more and more stressed out about those things. And 38% of people give their physical health an A grade. So the people that aren't concerned about their physical health give themselves an A. It's kind of funny. I just noticed that. 61% say they're stressed out and 38% give themselves an A. So I guess in LA, you're either in A plus tip top shape or you're stressed out about trying to be there. That's interesting. But this is where it gets dicey and legit worrisome, man. How many people give their mental health an A grade? Do you? I, I would love to think so. And it there are days where I'm like, hell yeah, I'm straight. I'm good. This is great. I love it. But there are days, man. There are dark, sad, angry days. And 42% of people in LA give their mental health an A grade, which is one of the three lowest cities in America. So we're walking around. About 60% of people are walking around with a suboptimal mental health grade in Los Angeles. And that's higher than most cities, man. That's rough. Tell me, tell me these reasons. I mean, we name the reasons, but that, what can we do? What? Let's let's hear more. Let's keep going. You want to hear some leisure factors that actually stress me out more? Some de-stressing that, that might actually stress me out more? 37% of people in LA watch more than two hours of TV per day. The national average is only 30%. So LA actually watches more TV. Is that an escape or is that a coping mechanism? Or is that just because we're in the industry, quote unquote? But look at this. 37% of people in LA play more than two hours of video games per day. The national average is only 29%. So again, it could be, I mean, we have electronic arts right down the street, but it's weird. It's kind of like, is this escapism or what? Because LA is also one of the lowest reading cities. Now I always consider reading like wholesome, good, de-stressing, escaping activity, good for your brain. I try to tell my son to read all the time. 37% of people in LA read to manage stress and the national average is 45%. So we're reading, we're watching more TV, playing more video games and reading less. So why don't people make a change? 23% of the people who haven't done anything to change their stress in the last year say it's too damn expensive. I mean, think about it. Get a personal trainer, psychologist, that costs money. And that self-motivation, man. If you're not going to read books on it, it's tough to find that. No, I'm serious. But all that stuff costs money. So, I mean, cost of living. So this is serious stuff. And, and not to twist the knife here. 
But it's worth noting that Los Angeles was last in the same study, last as a percentage of population that reports having enough leisure time. Now, this one's funny because I could drive anywhere. I do drive at 10 a.m., noon, 2 p.m. There's always people on the roads. There's always people in stores. I I thought we have more leisure time than everybody. But is it that stress that contributes to the unwellness? And we're doing these things. We're going places to escape or that's not leisure. It's obligation or what is it? But you know what else? We're also last of the major cities in the number of people that have seen a dentist or doctor in the last year. Are we that stressed out here in LA that we're not going to the doctor or taking care of our teeth? What is the deal, LA? Hit me in the comments. Hit me in the DMs. You know I put up a post every Friday. Let's talk about this because what is your deal and how do you deal physically and mentally I mean, L.A. in a vacuum would be like, oh, we're one of the most fittest cities. Some of the most beautiful people, of course, that are healthy. But you peel back that onion, man. That stress. That wellness. I don't know, man. Tell me. Tell me what you think. And I'll tell you what makes all this ironic. And I think I'm using the word ironic properly. I know it's a misused term, but look at this. Health. A healthy city, that's actually the backbone for the early growth of Los Angeles. Like I said, the health rush. This was LA's first and most important population boom. People came here to get healthy. I want to tell you about this story. Listen to this. It's about 1880 when LA was this wild, dusty, wild west town with about 12,000 people. There was a narrative, boosters, they called them, created a narrative to sell Los Angeles. How'd they sell it? The narrative revolved around health. Now, look, there's always been boosters, chambers of commerce, tourism boards, travel organizations. Every city has one, right? And especially end of the 19th century, media, meaning newspapers mainly, and magazines started to proliferate. And Basically, propaganda is what it is. Come to my city. We're the best. We have the best fishing or whatever your city has, right? Well, LA's boosterism was different. And it was hardcore. When they put on the full court press, listen to this. In 1915, this was after the health rush. Collier's Magazine, one of the main magazines at the time, said LA's Chamber of Commerce is uncommon. It is the most efficient of its kind in the world. It built the city of Los Angeles. And they built that city starting in the 1880s on the image of Los Angeles as a Mediterranean paradise due to the semi-tropical temperate climate where anything and everything could grow. Images printed on postcards and ads portraying the lush foliage, the fruit-bearing trees, the gorgeous landscape. These were LA's inherent advantages, the climate and its health-inducing properties. And the timing was perfect, okay? People were trying to escape everywhere else. This is the end of the 1800s. Again, tuberculosis was the leading cause of death in Europe and the U.S., 
And at some point, 70 to 90% of the urban population was infected with tuberculosis. Now they didn't all die, but tuberculosis was the leading cause of death. It's a, a breathing lung disease. And just to give you a visual of this, in the, new, in the 1850s and 60s, a New York City legislative committee described the conditions where people were living as follows. Listen to this. The dim, undrained courts oozing with pollution, the dark, narrow stairways decayed with age, reeking with filth, overrun with vermin, the rotted floors, ceilings too low to permit people to stand upright. That was New York as told by a New York City Legislative Committee. Compare that to the blooming orange groves with snow-capped mountains in the distance. The Mediterranean without malaria. The Mediterranean with a more equitable climate, warmer winters, cooler summers, and fresh air to cleanse the lungs and clear the mind. Who the hell wouldn't want to leave for Los Angeles? Again, the mild and dry climate of LA was also promoted as a cure-all for the unhealthy. There were sanitariums, which were kind of a, a combination hotel hospital because they didn't really have the, the medical technology. So these sanitariums would pop up for sufferers of tuberculosis and other ailments all around Los Angeles. And it was the Chamber of Commerce that was pushing these. And who was behind the leadership of commerce? They, they're, they're a footnote of time now, but I want to mention them. Charles Willard and Frank Wiggins. They started the Chamber of Commerce push to base LA on the health. Why? Because both of them came to Los Angeles to regain them their health after being sick and infirm. So we kind of have these two men to thank for corralling everything about LA, that climate, those oranges, this environment, and putting pat, pen to paper. They distributed millions, literally millions of pamphlets, booklets, postcards, talking about the climate, the trees, the salubrious nature of moving to LA. By the way, I love that word, salubrious. It means healthful. My mom taught me that word. She was a nurse. So, But how could this climate not be a solution to the soot, the grime, the noxious air that was literally killing people in the cramped, dark quarters of their industrial cities? I mean, LA offered space windows, balconies, land, unlimited access to fresh air and sunshine. There was a magazine, for goodness sake, called Land of Sunshine, featuring essays, poems, artwork. And this was a color magazine, unique for the time, by the way, but, and it was pure boosterism, but boosterism of the best kind for L.A., Readers wrote letters to the magazine that they printed about why L.A. is the best place to live in the world. And get this, the Land of Sunshine editors would send free copies to tourists, intending settlers, and especially health seekers. Again, people seeked out the health-giving properties of Los Angeles. An early issue of Land of Sunshine had an editorial called Living on the Climate which said, quote, there are 30 or 40,000 people in L.A. who were doomed to death in the eastern climate and are allowed under these balmy skies to continue their lives well into old age. I mean, 
if that doesn't draw you out, if that's not the health city, the health rush, I don't know what is. Listen to this. Listen to these early nicknames of Los Angeles. Okay, I'm not kidding. You can look this up. These were all nicknames. I mean, obviously, it's L.A. City of Angels now. But listen to this. They were called, L.A. was called the Land of Eternal Spring. L.A. was known as where nature helps industry the most. The Wonder City of the United States. The climactic capital of the world. Sun-kissed skies of glory. I mean, how are you not? You're, I'm packing my bags right now to head out here. And perhaps most importantly, and I'll tell you why, but and it's not used anymore. I didn't even know this. It's kind of funny. L.A. was known as the Big Orange. This is a counterpoint, of course, to New York's The Big Apple. And I was like, was it really called The Big Orange? Not Orange County. But... L.A. was indeed the Orange Empire, and it, the Big Orange was even the title of a book. And it is the Orange, really, that made all this possible. I mean, of course, the weather, but without the weather, you don't have the Orange. But the Orange itself, this bountiful citrus crop, it was lemons, it was lime, grapefruit even, but the Orange was used to promote the image of L.A. It was a abundant, fertile land of healthy, exotic food available to everyone. And when L.A. would go on display, like at the World's Fair, there's a Chicago World's Fair in 1893, boosters went all out behind the orange. The L.A. Chamber of Commerce erected an eight-foot globe consisting of 6,000 oranges and a separate 35-foot tower consisting of 14,000 oranges. And this was the link between the fruit, the health, and the ultimate manifest destiny of coming west, coast to coast, and being in the land of health in Los Angeles. And by 1893, the Southern California Fruit Growers Exchange formed. It was like an orange conglomerate, big orange, if you will. They changed their name to Sunkist. Yes, that Sunkist in 1908. And they began another major media blitz in the Midwest. Launched with the slogan, Oranges for Health, California for Wealth. So I'm going to close out this segment with that it's generally admitted that LA is the best advertised city in the world. Explicit in its mission of promoting Los Angeles as a wonderland for recovery and rejuvenation, invigoration and energy, and most of all health. LA, a healthy city, at least in 1885. Now... One thing to do in L.A. this week, go to an orange grove. Now, look, there aren't many oranges ready. The navel orange, which is L.A.'s finest, those big, juicy things, are not generally in bloom till November. But you're not looking for the oranges. I'm not telling you to go orange picking. You're looking at the L.A. history, which doesn't really exist. And the places you can see it are worth stopping and wondering at because of this history. L.A. was the Orange Empire. Even as recently as 1950, orange groves covered 100,000 acres in L.A. County. And it is important to note, by the way, that those orange groves, the success was made mostly on the backs of, of a segregated Mexican immigrant labor force. I mean, that's, that's the truth. The fruit pickers, my wife's dad was just telling me that when he first immigrated to the U.S., that's what he was doing. He was picking fruit, and that's... The truth of it, but these orange groves everywhere from Redlands to Pasadena to the San Fernando Valley. 
They thrived and they brought people here and they made LA what it is. But after World War II, the Orange Empire began to decline and acres of citrus were sacrificed to the sprawling suburbs of the Los Angeles basin. I mean, simply put, land was more valuable to build on than to grow trees on. But even as recently as 1970, 50, 50 plus years ago, there were still more than 50,000 acres of citrus in LA County. But today, today there are more orange trees in backyards than orange groves in Los Angeles. There are 76 acres of orange groves down from 100,000. But there are still two groves that I know of that you got to go see. At least drive by a walk through and even smell. I Look, the orange is starting to flower right now. They, they are starting to blossom. You get the little green ones. We have an orange tree at our house and it's nice. It smells good. It's fun being in there. But again, that's what made LA. And the two that I know of, first one is Franklin Canyon. The LA Parks Foundation maintains an orange grove and they, they harvest the fruit with volunteers and distribute it to pa- uh, food pantries and soup kitchens. And this one's been around since the 1950s. Not an old one. But it's on Beverly Drive, and it's owned by the city of L.A., operated by the parks, and it's four acres, and parking is minimal. It's mostly residential, so please have some respect for the residents. When I went up there last year, it was very tight over there, but honestly, it's great to see because it's in the middle of the canyon and all all these nice homes. And it really is cool kind of seeing just this random orange grove in this what is frankly a pretty wealthy area in the middle of the city and by the way it's right while you're there you might as well go see the center point of los angeles which i talked about a few uh episodes back because that's less than a mile from there so we're talking the exact center of los angeles you got an orange grove go go see that one but this one's even cooler cal state northridge and i grew up right by there right off nordoff the 405 Cal State Northridge is home to the last orange grove in the San Fernando Valley. And this grove has been protected by the students of Cal State Northridge as a historic site since 1972. And this one was this one was planted and grown in the booming orange empire days of the early 20th century. And again, the San Fernando Valley was almost all citrus groves. And again, World War II, all those were raised for development of businesses and residences and expansion of the valley. But there are 400 trees left right there on CSUN's campus, Cal State Northridge. And they represent the last remnant of that period of history. And some of those trees are 70 plus years old. And even though the school has attempted to replace the, the, the grove with buildings or parking lot, go on, students, protect those oranges because they are remnants of when Los Angeles was the orange empire and when Los Angeles truly was a healthy city. And the cool thing, if you wait a little bit when the oranges are ripe, you could go, you can pick those oranges. They encourage it. It's not illegal. It's not poisonous. It's not frowned upon. And man, that is a good way to spend an hour, especially if you're going to be in the middle of the Valley. And especially if you're going to go to that Soraya center over there, it's which is a beautiful venue. So check out an orange grove, smell those orange blossoms, and just look back into the past of Los Angeles when we really were a healthy city. I mean, without the health rush spawned from this climate, from those oranges, Los Angeles just wouldn't be LA. But would it be a healthy city? You let me know.
And that's our episode. Thank you for listening to episode 35 of In a Minute with Evan Lovett. Every single episode gets more fun for me, and I hope you're feeling the same. We go and explore these topics. We explore the city, and I really appreciate you being here. And if you appreciate the show, please hit that rating button. Give me the five stars. It is very helpful. And a review, two sentences, one sentence, write that review. Really helps me bump up in the algorithm, the autofill, all that stuff. And don't forget, the most recent review gets the uh, episode snippet so you can have your name in lights for a week or so. And lastly, don't forget to follow, subscribe, and share. Thank you again for supporting In A Minute with Evan Lovett. All right, y'all. It's been a minute. <laughs>